Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Releasing the culture of the kingdom, lesson three. Amen. And let's just do a little recap. And we learned last week that Jesus didn't come to preach Christianity. He came preaching what? This is interactive. He came doing what? He came preaching the kingdom of God. Amen. We learned that God is. He's present tense past. God, and in, in that eternal realm, God just is. And when he breaks in on us, it's now. God is now. Now unto him. And so we learned that he is the great I am and that everything exists for his pleasure. Everything that exists was created by who? Amen. We learned that we were created to reign and to rule and that we were given authority and dominion over the what? Over the earth. We learned the differences between when God said in Genesis 1 and 26, let us. When he said let us, who was talking? The Trinity, but Jesus in particular. And who is the Trinity? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when he said, let them, who was he talking about? He's talking about us, mankind. Amen. So now that you know who the true and living God is, and now I think you know a little bit more of who you are in relation to who he is and why you were created, we need now to expose the one who does not want you to know who you really are. We want to expose the one who doesn't want you to know your authority. We want to expose the one who doesn't want you to know your purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, then you'll be inclined to what? Follow the what? The world or the the culture. All right. So we know that the real enemy is not, it's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's not your children. The real enemy is not... It's not your family, it's not your boss, it's not the government, the real enemy, it's not, it's not your friends, it's not the neighbor up the street. That is not your real enemy. Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us, and Peter tells, or Paul rather, tells us who the real enemy is. Let's go to Ephesians 6 and 12. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against who? Okay, we're going to try this again. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Remember how we we talked last week about there's more activity in the unseen world than there is in the visible world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Now, the thing about Satan that you need to know is that He is a recreator because he cannot create. He is not the creator. He is not the creator. All he can do is be a copycat. So all he can do is do what God has already done. And I really wish that you would get this because you got to stop giving him power. He has no power. People say he has some power. No, the only power he has is the power that you give him. That is the only power. So when they're talking about When Paul is talking about all these spirit beings, just like 
God has hierarchies, and just like he has, he, and he has assignments for these different spirit beings. So you might have a throne who might be assigned to the United States. Now, I'm talking about the good side. I'm talking about God's side. Or you have a power that is in, uh, uh, assigned to making sure that crossover church is as it should be and protecting crossover. I've seen angels standing in the back of the church and in the front of the church. Big, mighty angels that are protecting this church. And then there are those angels that are assigned to me and you, personal angels. But just like God has angels that are assigned to us, Satan's got to copy in his kingdom. So he has a hierarchy of demons. And so these demons might be stationed over uh, the country of Afghanistan, and so they might, they might be assigned to uh, having a spirit of violence or a spirit of, of a chaos. Um, they might be a, another principality or throne that's assigned to Washington, D.C., or to this region a that, that really controls the spirit of homosexuality. You understand what I'm saying? So, so what the scripture is saying, what Paul is saying here, he's saying... You know, we're not, we're not fighting against each other. There's always a spirit behind something. Always a spirit behind something. And see, he's, he's talking about these evil rulers and these authorities in the unseen world, these mighty powers in the dark world that's covering this world, and the evil, evil spirits that are in the heavenly places. Satan's headquarters or his command center is in the second heaven. Just know that. It's in the second heaven, and so he dispatches his people to do whatever they are supposed to do from the second heaven. Peter makes it clear who our real enemy and our adversary is. First Peter 5 and 8 says this, stay alert. Maybe other translations might be, be sober, but watch out for your great enemy, the devil, because he prowls around, he sneaks around like a roaring lion looking for what? You know why? Because he hates us. He cannot stand us. You know why? Because we're created in the image of God, in his likeness. He can't stand that. And I'm glad I get a chance to, because I... <laughs> Stop giving him power. And the only reason I'm talking about this is because you got to know who he is and know who his tactic, tactics are and what they are. Because after that, if you know what he can, if, what, if you know how he operates, you can shut him down. But if you don't know, he will make you think something because he's just a liar and he's got the same modus operandi all the time. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. That's what he does. That's his strategy. That's all. He will make you think something that's, and, 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 and dress it up and make it look all great and, and, and be in your ear. You'll be like, yeah, yeah, and make you question and doubt what God says. That's why you can't keep your eyes on anything but the Creator. Nobody but Jesus. When you take your eyes off Jesus, you fall. When you, I'm trying to tell you, when you take your eyes off Jesus, you fall. Period. The end. That's black or white. God's original plan, and we do know this from last week, was for him to establish himself and his heavenly kingdom here on earth, in and through us, which is why he created us in his image, in his likeness. We were supposed to be his representatives and we're supposed to be responsible to release and establish and implement and demonstrate his kingdom culture here on earth just like it is in heaven. But how many of you know that while God has big plans for us, there's an enemy out there that has even bigger plans for us. 
he can't, he's out to get us, y'all. And let me just tell you this. Mm. We're going to see that in tonight's lesson. And we're going to see, just like the Father has already established what he's going to do, we will see that God the Father through Jesus is the real, he's the real creator, right? Say yeah. Y'all got to talk to me. Okay, God the Father, through his son Jesus, is the, Jesus is the real creator. Amen? Amen? And what we will see is, Jesus, since Jesus is the creator of all things, then that means that he created Lucifer, right? Yes. Say yes. yes. And uh, Lucifer was this original cherub of the second highest order, or angelic order, I should say, and was the protector over God's throne and glory. Ezekiel 28 and 12 says this. This is what the sovereign Lord, now this is God talking, this is Jesus talking, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. In other words, Satan was perfect, he was very wise, and he was very beautiful. Ezekiel 28 and 13 says, you were in Eden. Now this is Jesus talking. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was in your covering. The ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis, uh, lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald, and the gold. The workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On that day that you were created, they were prepared. In other words, he was extremely magnificent. He was stunning to the eyes. When you put all those colors together and you put a light under it and you just see those, the brilliance of all those colors, can you just imagine what he looked? He was tremendously beautiful, tremendously beautiful. Ezekiel 28 and 13 says, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day you were created. In other words, timbrels are um, percussion instruments. Timbrels are them drums over there, those congas. Bongos, symbols, those were created in him, created in him. Pipes, pipes are brass instruments or, or um, uh, flutes, things like that. But they're all, let me tell you, every kind of musical instrument that is in the planet Earth was created by his prototype because they were created in him. Satan was music, literally. But God created him like that. So, so, so if you wonder why music is so powerful and how crazy it is nowadays, it's because look at the spirit behind it. I told you there's always a spirit behind it, behind something. If something is not of God and it's not good, there's a spiritual connection, always. Ezekiel 28 and 14. This is, and this is still Jesus talking, and I love this, and I'm, you know, I might have to paraphrase a little bit, because I got it. Okay. You are the anointed cherub who covers, and this is Jesus. I established you. In other words, I created you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. In other words, you had privileges. You were entitled. You were blameless in all that you did from the day you were created until, say until, until the day was the day evil was found in you, your rich commerce. Commerce means trading. Commerce means um, dealing your transactions. In other words, the way that he used to deal with the angelic host of heaven, it says, led you to violence. 
What is violence? Violence is, is fighting and disorder and brutality. And you sinned. And so I, Jesus, I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, almighty guardian that's supposed to be covering me from your place of the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride, vanity, self-centeredness, because all your beauty, because what you look like, because who you thought you were. Your wisdom was corrupted by love of splendor. In other words, your appearance. So I, Jesus, I threw you to the ground and made you a spectacle before kings. Thank you. And that would not be the, the only time that Jesus would make a spectacle, I mean a spectacle of Satan. In other words, he was the anointed, and anointed means power, it means set apart, it means consecrated. He was the anointed guardian. What's a guardian? A guardian is a defender, a protector, a keeper. He was a cherub. He was of the second highest order. He was an angelic being. He was God's chief attendant. He was perfect. He was absolutely gorgeous full of wisdom, and held the highest position in heaven because he was not only the protector of God's glory, but he was the praise and worship leader, y'all. He had my job, which is why I ain't trying to go down like that. That's why I take my job so seriously. I know the story. And I know what it, you know what, a lot of people can, go, can come up here and they can fake the funk. They can but I got to stand before him all the time. And I don't want my relationship, when I talk about defiled worship, I mean, I'm in worship way before you get to church. I'm on my face, but it's not just, it's not just here, it's my life. I owe him, I, I. This is how I live. But I know that there are those that, that play, and it's all about performance, but at some point, I'm telling you, when you don't keep your eyes on him, you fail. You fall. You just fall. God gave Lucifer a free will. A free will is the freedom to make your own decision. It's the ability to act independently, which we know he did because he rebelled against God, his creator. Therefore, we understand that sin originated with him because Satan was not created with a sin nature. God did not create him with a sin nature. And since he wanted to become independent of God or usurp his authority, in other words, he wanted to take over God's authority and God's kingdom, Jesus, my man, Jesus kicked him out of there and then one-third of the angels went with him. So when you think about it like that, when you read it like that, you might read like a third of the angels, but know that if the pie is this big, this is a third of the angels. In other words, stop giving him credit that he doesn't deserve. We tend to believe what he says and what the, that's why I'm saying you got to stop looking at the systems. I know, I know we need to find out what's going on to be relevant, but the more you take into your five senses, the more you begin to act and look more like they do as opposed to who you're supposed to look like. Hear me, hear me. When you don't read this, and I'm gonna say this till I die, if you don't read this on a daily basis, you will start to look more like the culture than you will the creator, because that's what you are spending time with. And I, can I tell you, the world is not going to hell, it is hell. We ain't got to wait on it, it's already here. I mean, we were talking about this, this um, 
This stuff is so convoluted now. We were talking about the, the, uh, the white lady who was black that was, uh, But now, Karen and I were talking about this, now we have something that we can talk about because it's so convoluted. I mean, with the transgender, the more you look at, and there's, there's no way you can turn on the television because there's a spirit behind the media. There's a spirit behind the internet. There's a spirit behind, I'm telling you, there's a spirit behind all of this stuff. And the more you look at them, the more you look like them. Hear me. The only way you're going to survive in these last days and times is, is holding on to God and looking at Jesus. And just keeping your eyes on Jesus. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Because if you think it's crazy now, you got it tomorrow, the next day, next week. And we don't know what's going to happen if... I can guarantee you, if you hadn't thought about this world five years ago, would you have thought it looked like, like it does now? You would, Ten years ago, you would have never thought you would have seen this kind of stuff that you're seeing now. I'm just saying. Isaiah 14 and 12 says this. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world, for you said to yourself, and I'm saying get outside of your head and look and read your Bible, because our little pea brains, we only have this kind of perspective. This is our world perspective. God is creator. He has the only perspective. So we have to, we have to connect to him. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of God's far away from the north. I will climb to the highest heaven and make myself like the most high God. Instead, and I'm going to say it like this, instead, you, you Satan, you, you don't get a pass for that. You will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. There was a war in heaven between Lucifer and the armies of heaven. And in Revelations 12 and 7 through 10, it says this. There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost. That's what y'all got to remember. And if you go into Revelation, I do recall a, a passage where it says Satan is on a chain. So as far as I'm concerned, even though that's in the future, he's on a chain now. And I'm trying to tell you, he can only do what you allow him to do. He can only do what you give him a pass to do. He has no power. I don't care what people say. When you call the name, oh, I'm getting into next week's or, or the following week. But when you call on the name of Jesus, he's disarmed. He is disarmed because he has no power. Ooh, see, I'm ticked off now. Where was I? Yes, and they lost. That's what we got to remember. If y'all don't remember nothing else, they lost. They lost. They lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. They were evicted. That great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one who deceives, that's what he does. He don't know how to do nothing else. And once you understand that, you got him. Because he doesn't want you to know what you're learning now, and he's going to use it on you. I can guarantee you that. But your job is to know who? Know, keep your eyes on Jesus, and you need to know that word. You need to know this word. Because if you say, stop. Stop. Stop it, Satan. Stop it. 
He'll look at it. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, foul spirit of infirmity. I bind you, spirit of... I, And because I work for God and I'm his child and I'm the seed of Abraham, I'm all this stuff, I have every legal right to kick him out of anything and any place he doesn't belong. Y'all need to see, y'all need to stop acting. I know this is going to sound really crazy and the pastor sees this, he probably get mad at me. But you, church, we need to stop acting like punks. We have the power. We have the power because we're connected to the power source. And we don't use the power. And you know why we don't use the power? We don't use the power because we're so tuned into the culture that we would rather do what they say. And I mean, the first thing is something, the first news that you get that something crazy has gone on or somebody's in the hospital or something. I'm not saying that this thing doesn't get you, but most times we just freak out as opposed to just, the Bible says, be still and know that he is God and know that he's in control and that you have power to speak into situations. God is not, he has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you the power of love and a sound mind. So once the sting kind of wears off and you see what's going on, you better start declaring and decreeing and speaking and, and using. I've seen the dead raised. I've been healed multiple times. And it's not based on what, it's based on what I had said and what I believe based on what this word has for me. And because he's no respecter of persons, it's the same word for you. But if you don't know how to use the authority that you've been given, then you can let the world and the culture and Satan and all his little demonic demons run roughshod all over you. I just want to say they lost. They lost. Remember when God created in his image, he, he created man in his image. After his likeness, he also gave man a free will. And so when he created Adam and Eve, he gave them the same ability to make decisions and choices, which meant that they had the option between choosing whether they were going to obey God or disobey God when they were put into the Garden of Eden. God gave them specific orders. He told them, y'all can do anything that you want to do, just don't touch that one. Genesis 2 and 16 says this, but the Lord God, what? Talk to me. Okay. You may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, what? The tree of what? Now, anytime you see a word, if, that means it's an option, means it's a contrast, meaning it's conditional, meaning if you do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this is going to happen. And so God says, if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. In other words, you're not going to die physically, but God is spirit. And the way that we deal with God and the way that we commune with God is through our spirit because we're made in his likeness. And so, in other words, he's saying, if you do that, I got to cut you off because now we can't. I'm too holy. I'm too holy. I can't communion because God is a holy God. And because he shut down that, that, that portion or that part of who that, because we're tripart being spirit, soul, and body, the way that we communicate with the eternal realm is through our spirit. My flesh can't get a prayer through. Neither can yours. 
It'll drop cold because your flesh cannot connect to the spirit realm. God is spirit. And they that worship him have to worship him in what? Okay. So in other words, God told Adam and Eve, you have a choice, you have an option. You can either obey me and eat. And, wait on it. and the deal is, you got all these other nuts and berries and fruits and all this stuff, there's 3,000 other things in this, and you want that one. Just as Satan deceived one-third of the angels in heaven, who are now demons, he also uses the same method. His thing is deception. He's a liar. He deceives. That's what he did. Now, what he, what he did was he's disguised himself as a serpent because he knew if he came as himself into the Garden of Eden, he would have been noticed. And guess what? Adam would have noticed him, and Adam had the authority to kick him out because Adam, or, you know, and Adam really is just a title of a species. It's a general title uh, for man. But Adam had the authority to kick him out, but he didn't come that way. He came in the form of a serpent. And he got in there and he started talking, probably saying, you know, so, you know, that's really cool that you guys are here. You know, uh, God, God is good. You know, he tells half-truths. A half-truth is still a lie. You know, God, me and God are, you know, he's so wonderful. He's the creator or just love God. So did he, I mean, what about this fruit here? Does he, you know, there's so many, uh, what is he talking about in terms of the, of the food or the fruit? And, and, you know, Eve was probably like, well, you know, he, I'm going to tell you what she said. <laughs> Genesis uh, 3 and 2 and 3 says this, and the woman said to the serpent, of course we may eat from the tree in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it, and if you do, you will die. Satan does what he does best. You ain't gonna die. You know, God didn't really say that. Actually, he didn't mean it like that. And, and when you start connecting more to the culture, then that means that you start listening to the lies and Satan is just doing like this to you and, and, and he'll say things like, and then you begin to start redefining and reinterpreting what God said. We see that in the culture now with, with the, uh, the transgender, they don't, transracial, they don't have a clue because they've been redefining so much that they don't know what they're talking about. They're clueless now. Satan said, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman, because God knows your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And you will be like God. Once again, here's Satan trying to be like God, but he's trying to use them now to get, because he knows that if he can get them to disobey, then he can capture the earth, which is exactly what he did. And then he says, he tells them, he says, your, uh, notice your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Well, he knew something that obviously they didn't know because they were already like God because they were created in his image. And so, and you know that's what he does, and he seduces us, and he, and he, and he, tells, he, he tells the truth. Satan knows the Bible better than y'all do. Satan quotes more scriptures than you do. 
Satan will get up and he'll whisper and he'll tell you the truth or have truth, you know, and what he doesn't do once he gets you and he seduces you and you disobey God, he never tells you about the consequence. He never tells you about the consequence. He never tells you about the penalty that you're going to have to pay because with sin, there is a penalty, period, the end. God has standards. It doesn't matter whether the culture follows the standards. He still has standards. He still has morals. He, is a, he has values. We follow what he says. And if you don't, you're going to fail. If you don't, you're going to fall. If you don't, you're going to hell. Y'all looking at me like, you know, it doesn't matter. I know that if you take your eyes off Jesus, you fall. It ain't even that deep. So Genesis 3 and 6 says this. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now for all of you that always want to say that it's Eve's fault, it's Eve's fault, it's Eve's fault. Well, yeah, it was her fault, but the scripture, as I read it, says, and she took some and ate it and then she gave some to her husband who was with her, right here. And he ate it. So when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate the fruit, God's spiritual nature left them. They were also stripped of their covering and authority. In other words, these former rulers of this earth who were still made in God's image, they died spiritually. And now they were robbed of their God-given dominion that they had over the earth. And remember, it's always been God's will for men and women to have authority and dominion over the earth. And Satan knew this. But how many of you know, with all that, was just, all that happened, all that transpired, and with the, the earth now being under Satan's control and rule, God had a plan. God always has a plan. God always has your answer. Stop looking at the world for your answers. Stop trusting in these systems and these methods of the world. They don't have your answer because they didn't create you. They don't know how to fix it. Doctors are practicing medicine. Practice means you got to do it and do it over and over again. Didn't mean you got it right. It means you just have to keep doing it over and over again. We keep looking at this world like they, the government is going to fail. Why? Because it's based on a faulty system. It's temporal. Every, we had this conversation before. Everything that you see is temporal and it's designed to fail, except the kingdom of God. Accept the kingdom of God. Accept the kingdom of God. You're going to have to hold on. You're going to have to hold on to God like you've never held on to God before. You are, because that's how crazy the world is. But you need not fear, because you're connected to the one who can, God can do anything. He's the creator. You know what I was listening to, and, and if you look at some of the stuff that I look at, you could really be scared. Because I look at, I look at some stuff, because I, I'm really into prophecy. And I know what, what, and I've been studying this stuff for a very long time. Do you know that, and I'm not even going, I'll go there next week. But the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
<laughs> At the end of the day, because his spirit is in us, we need not be afraid. We need not be afraid about anything because the Holy Spirit has sealed us. That's a guarantee. That is a guarantee. You need to raise your hand and thank God for that. Because it doesn't matter what's going on around you. God's got you. God's got you. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you. So stop being fearful. Be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and supplication, make your request known to the culture. And the peace of God will what? Guard your heart and mind. Mm. God had a plan to not only save mankind, but to reconcile mankind back into a right standing with himself. That means that he would legally get his children back by sending his own son, Jesus. Jesus. Y'all better say, thank God for Jesus. Jesus, who would come on his, of his own free will, who would walk as a perfect man on the earth, who would willingly die for our place and pay a debt he did not owe so that we could be reconciled and reconnected back to God the Father. And by dying as the sacrificial lamb, he would reclaim mankind's dominion and restore authority over the earth one more time once again. Y'all better say thank God for Jesus. God's plan was always for Jesus to crush and defeat Satan forever. Crush him. <laughs> Genesis 3 and 15 says, And I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and Jesus will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. So this is Satan. This is Jesus. I, that felt good to me, y'all. Romans 5 and 12 says this, And when the first Adam, Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everybody because everyone sinned, because the first Adam sinned. Therefore, righteousness came through the one that had total obedience, which is the one man, Jesus, the last Adam, because Jesus paid for all of our sins past, present, and future, once and for all. Say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank you, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. That's us, y'all. That is us. So when Jesus died, he utterly defeated Satan once and for all, delivered all of our sins, our past, present, and future sins, our sicknesses, our diseases, our infirmities, poverty, to the place of torment, which is hell, which is in the center of the earth. And when he rose from the grave, now I got I to put a little pin right there. None of this matters, none of this matters, none of this matters if Jesus didn't rise from that grave. None of it matters. It could have been, he could have been another Buddha or another Confucius or whatever. But the point is that Jesus did rise from that grave. He did. He did. And when he did, he disarmed Satan. He stripped him of his power, and he snatched back the keys of his authority, and he gave them back to us, y'all. And Jesus, his work is complete. There is nothing else for him to do. He did everything he came down here to do. He already did it. He already took care of it. 
and he's waiting on us, the redeemed of the Lord, to discover our restored authority so that we can once again demonstrate his love and his power here on earth like it is in heaven. He's waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool, and he's waiting on us to do it. He's waiting on us. That's why you have to know who you are so that you can practice the kingdom. That you can practice the kingdom so you can heal the sick, so that you can cast out demons. And just because, I mean, you know what, just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you haven't done it yet. Everybody in here, it should be normal for you to heal the sick, raise the dead, and believe that you can do it. I believe that right now, a lot of you think that I can't do that. I, just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you haven't done it yet. God gave you the authority. He, ga he gave you the authority. He gave it to you. And because you're, I mean, Jesus was the one that said greater things you would do. Why? Because he's with the Father. Where are we? Where are we? We're on the earth. So he's expecting us to do exactly what he did down here. Jesus, I don't recall in the scripture him saying, pray for the sick. He said, heal the sick. He has called you. He has called me. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. He has called us to demonstrate his kingdom on earth like it is in heaven. And I really, not me, God really wants you to understand this. And the reason why we had to talk about Satan is because we had to show you who he was. We had to expose him because the next time, and that's just one more, uh, it's not next week, but the following week, we're going to talk about the keys. We're going to talk about what you have to do, how you have to do it, and how God and how his word instructs you to do the things that he's already called you to do. This is your manual. This is your manual. But if you don't read it, you don't know it. And if you don't practice it, it doesn't matter. You gotta, I have to practice the kingdom. What does that look like? I have to practice how to love people. I don't like a lot of people. But I have, to, I have to love them. And that doesn't happen. I mean, I got to practice that. I got to practice forgiving people. I have to practice that. It doesn't happen overnight. I got to practice it. I got to practice... Because my mouth... We have to practice the kingdom. We have to practice the kingdom. And it's a journey. That's why you got to surround yourself with like-minded people who know how to encourage you and build you up. I, you know what? I have people that I call when I'm really trying to get a prayer through. There's some people I say, I love y'all. I love you, but I can't call you. I can't call you because you're not where I am with my faith. And remember we talked about faith, the size of a mustard seed? But if your doubt is bigger than that mustard seed, it cancels out your faith. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I can't have people around me when I'm trying to pray that, that and you can tell when they're praying, they'll be saying some stuff, you're like, oh, uh, hey, that's okay, don't you pray. <laughs> I was in the hospital room when my brother was dying, and God bless him. God bless, God bless him. The people that were praying, I had to walk out the room because there was no faith in there at all. And when they walked out, and in fact, I wanted to kick them out, you know, but, and so I, I, they prayed, and then I came in there, and I prayed again. And I prayed because I had to cut everything that they said. Because what they were saying wasn't based on the word of God. It sounded like it was based on traditions of men. But traditions of men aren't going to get people healed or saved or delivered or, or demons cast out. If you want Jesus, if you, if you want to display the culture of the kingdom, can you stand up? And if you don't want to, that's cool too. But I'm telling you, it's a journey. It's a journey. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastor's Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.